separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, I never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Book, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How y'all doing tonight? It's a beautiful night to go and get some new free agents and get this thing cracking. We need everybody to turn up with us and make sure that we're getting the best roster that you guys want, guys and girls want, and making sure that this this thing is lit. We collectively can get through this. But tonight, 2.0 is going to be Ace Tobin. He's going to be directing most of the or every single one of these picks. I'm going to try to aid him in this process. But it went so well the first time that Ace came with the simulator. So we're going to come through and do it again the first time I picked all of my guys. This is Ace's chance to pick his guys. And then at the same time, we're going to be able to, like, you know, dip and dab into the crowd, too, and see what you guys are thinking, too. Facts, facts. I see that you guys in the chat have been waiting for us. We're here. We got it going. We got y'all. All right, so I'm going to start off here, and I'm looking at, you know, cap savings, right? So, obviously, Geno Atkins, we have been hearing that he's not going to be back. They're going to part ways. So I'm going to cut that. So that's going to give us $56 million that we're up to right now. Uh, we got some other ones. Some interesting things I saw here is I love Josh Tupo, but the fact that we could save $4 million, I don't know how accurate that is, but I'm just going to keep him because I don't think that they would cut him. But that does look somewhat tempting. That $4 million right there is tempting, but we're going to keep him. Trey Waynes, we haven't seen him play. More than likely, he's going to be there for next year. Bobby Hart. This this six million dollars right here, I need that. Sorry, Bobby, I need that. Uh, let's move down. I didn't really see anything else. Let's see. Nope. All right, I think we're good. So we've made our decisions right there. So it looks like there's some some things that happen around the league. For those that are just listening, looks like Matt Matt Jones and Julio restructured. It doesn't seem like we have the option for the restructuring. Uh, but we'll see what happens here. So let's move on to the next one. And so now we're looking at re-signing our tagging players. So right now I got $62 million in cap space. So I'm looking at my re-signing, and I'm looking at what we kind of looked at in terms of free agency, right? And I'm looking at the draft. Like I finally have started doing some scouting on this 21 or yeah, on this 21 draft class. Yes, and sir. One thing that I'll say is that the corner position is very weak. It's extremely weak. Like you may have one or two guys there and they're not even like sure things. And so with us being at the number five pick, that means that once we get to the second round, I'm probably not going to like those options. The other thing is there's the free agency, the pending free agency. A lot of people have been saying William Jackson III on the low could be the best available guy there. So for me, that means that I have to make every effort to try to retain William Jackson III. But one thing that I'm going to switch it up on is because you guys told us, even though Over the Cap and Spotrack are not valuing William Jackson III the way that our fans think, 
you guys felt like the eight million dollars was unrealistic, even though if Zim wouldn't have would have he still could have paid him 12 million. I think if you actually rewatch it, you would see that he could have given him 12 million. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna well, the, the other thing million. before you get to that, really quick, really quick. On that part right there, what were you, what were your thoughts too on the rookie scale part? Because I heard feedback on that part that was mm-hmm. saying that those were the two things that people thought weren't as realistic was the rookie right. scale and the William Jackson thing. The rookie scale thing is supposed to be twenty million. I don't know how they do it here. I don't know how it's incorporated. I probably should have looked into that. Um, I did hear something interesting this morning. I'm not sure how valid it is, but I heard yeah. something about we carried over an extra eleven million or something this morning. Correct. Correct. So, um, so I mean, yes, that is true. But when you really think about it for these purposes as well is like we're not going to do the whole draft class, but that is valid. Like you have to have 20 million for that. Now, I don't know if that's included in this number, if it's excluded. Obviously, that changes a lot of things, uh, but we're just going to go off of the basis where we're assuming that they've already factored that in. And I don't think if I'm not mistaken, and Zim, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Does that automatic space that they have there for rookies, does that even count towards the actual cap? Like, does that 20 that they have for that, does it count against the actual cap used in free agency? I be, I always thought it did. I, I don't know. I, okay. I could be corrected, but I thought that when they're going into their cap number. Now, this is the part where earlier you were saying like the 11 million carries over into the cap figure of the upcoming year. Right. To me, in years past, they use that same the same money right there in regard. They do that all the time for, right. the, emer- for the emergency funds and, and in the rookie signings. Like that's just the thing that they've always done, and all teams do. How okay. that affects the cap space, I'm not 100 percent sure. But just speaking on that a little bit more, 11 million more added on to the potential new cap that is allocated by the NFL in this upcoming 2021 season. So some of the other teams had really, really low amounts. I think I saw like Browns had 30 million that they get the rollover. It was a bunch of different things, but they all get audited at some point. And so those numbers do kind of change and fluctuate a little bit, but that is something to be mindful of. That's a good question to ask Andre Parada, maybe. That's what I was just thinking. We need to get our, our guy Andre back on when we do one of these shows. That would be a pretty dope experience sometime throughout throughout this time period. But one thing that I was also thinking of is you also have to keep in mind, guys, when me and Zim are making these offers and they're saying a certain percentage of it is guaranteed, that's the percentage that goes against the cap. So like, say, for instance, I signed someone for a one year, $10 million. That's not meaning that $10 million, you know, essentially goes for it. If it's 70%, then it might just be 7 million. So that's also something to keep in mind as well. Okay. So I listen to you guys. I hear you guys on William Jackson the third. I think I'm gonna try to offer William Jackson the third 12 million a year. I think he's about 28. I think he's about 28, right? right. So everybody knows once you hit 30 in the NFL, it's kind of like a death sentence, right? Right. But I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say we're gonna give him a four-year deal, 12 million, and I'm just gonna guarantee, let's say 60% of it. I'm going to say 60 just because he'll be at 30. So I don't know if he's going to fall off a cliff or not. I don't think so. But that's how they kind of generally operate in the NFL. Like we're going to give oh, them some money up front. But down the back end, if we need some wiggle room to kind of get out of that, we're going to try to do that there. So I made him 
what I think is a solid offer. We're not going to make any offers to AJ Green. I think AJ is probably going to hit free agency. And, John and, Ross. And if you're following this and you're not seeing this live, William Jackson accepted that offer. And just to be clear, too, oh, I pulled this up. William Jackson currently is making nine million, nine point seven on a four year with an average salary of two point two. He had a signed board. I mean, I'm sorry, a guaranteed amount of seven million four. So in his four years with the Bengals, he's he's gotten all of that. So you're pretty much giving him three more million per. But the one thing that people, are, I guess, pointed out to me is he probably is the number one cornerback in free agency, and I think that's the main reason why Bengals may franchise him. That was one of my bold predictions that I had months ago on a couple of our shows. Is in, in real life, I think that's the guy that they franchise. And since the Bengals have no money allocated to Carl Lawson, I mean, I'm sorry, at the defensive end position, like period. Besides, like Sam Hubbard still on his on his deal, um, that's the guy that probably is going to you know get the the big money. But let I want to see how it plays out in real life. But I think that's a really really good exercise. And starting off, just to make sure you guys saw that, William Jackson did accept that offer. All right, so one more thing. I, I noticed that we got a super chat here. I want to issue a challenge to anybody that's watching this right now. If you're from my page, go over to Zim Hude's page right now and hit subscribe. Once he gets to 1,000 subscribers, which he's close, I'm going to give away one of these New Stripe City mugs to whoever that is, I'll, I'll say Zim. Let me know which one of your subscribers is going to get it, and he'll be able to look at his list once he gets to a thousand, and say and tell me exactly which one it is. So we're going to do like a contest for that or something. Now. Yeah, we got to we got to do it. So now, especially I have a Burrow Baby's hat, right? Uh -huh. he, so Ace is now putting a new Stripe City uh, cup into the mug into the in the pot here, right? I'm going to give out a Burrow Baby's embroidered hat. For somebody out of that, out of my thousand subscribers, when we get to that to that number. So if you guys can do that, if you're listening, if you're listening to this in your car the next day, jump on YouTube and search for Zim Hude, and then subscribe to his channel. Hit the notification bell where you're at it. But we got a super chat here from Anthony Taylor for ten dollars. He says, "What about Micah Parsons at five? If Panay is gone, I've been watching a lot of tape on Darasaw from Virginia Tech. He is very agile." Would you re-sign Alexander back? I think so. I'm gonna say I think you're talking about Mackenzie Alexander, Anthony. I, Micah Parsons at five is intriguing. The reason why is I'm hearing that he can also rush the passer very well. He's kind of a unique guy, which I'm hearing from that. And looking at this edge rusher class, I am not impressed. I'm just gonna be right. real. I'm not impressed with it. So Michael Parsons at five. I might consider it. Is it my first choice? No. Is it my second choice? No. It's probably like my fourth or fifth choice. Like it wouldn't be completely horrible, but I would have to draft Michael Parsons with the notion that I'm going to use him as like a hybrid player of using him to rush off of the edge and play a little bit of linebacker. Do you trust, do you trust Lou Anarumu to do that? That I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know if I can uh, per se. It depends on what kind of scheme he's coming from. If Lou really feels like he's a guy that fits his scheme, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because he could end up as a guy like that the Panthers had this season and they didn't really know how to use him. He was an amazing athlete, but they didn't really know how to use um, that linebacker. So I'm not sure if it would be one of those situations. What do you think, John? I'm going to try to go through this quick because I know you want to go through your, your mop. But I will say this. Darisaw, I finally watched for the first time yesterday. 
run blocking phenomenal. I to the point I posted them on my Instagram story today. Probably one of the best run blocker, a better run blocker than Panay, right? Like right. out the gate. I'm gonna tell y'all another thing that's going to happen to Bengals fans coming up very very shortly. The Slater, I watched this game for the first time too. Bengals gotta fall in, like fans gotta understand that if Panay is gone and everybody's saying fix the line, Slater and Darisol are two guys that'll be right there. And I, I I don't I wouldn't consider them a reach. I heard from about four or five experts already that said Panay wouldn't have been the number one draft prospect um, from the tackle position from a couple of guys. Like, if you just look online, like, period. PFF is really, really high on them, but there's a lot of guys out there that aren't as high on them. So there is a lot of people that say, well, to me, I limited to this. It's Panay and Chase, right? And that's that's just what I've been doing. And you could entertain me with pits. But Bengals fans better not look at this like this is a, a – I think it's going to happen like that, but I think they might look at it like it's a Billy Price situation. Like Frank Ragnall's gone. Oh, we had to settle for that. <laughs> Slater and Darisol are legit and they can start. But right. I'm going to tell you, it'll put a hell of a lot of pressure on it. And the same thing I was going to say for Michael Parsons is, hell yeah, I want Michael Parsons. But at number five, and then you got to watch the career of Jamar Chase or the career of Panay, is the pressures that the front office, I don't think, will want to live with. And right. I, I don't, I just don't trust their scouting that much. And the, and I ask you the question: Can Lou Anaruma work with this guy? You know what I'm saying? And make him a force, like you know, like Bud Dupree coming out. Like, who would have thought Bud Dupree would really legitimately be where he is today? And I think right. that's all a product of playing with a really, really good defensive line and playing in a scheme that fits what he's doing. And it's just a perfect match for a guy that I didn't really think was that great. Parsons has the athleticism and everything that I think you're looking for um, in a hybrid type of linebacker edge, right? Right. Are the Bengals going to be able to utilize him to his highest degree? And taking a linebacker that high is is no. But like you said, the edge makes it where, okay, I can entertain the thought. Right. I just, I just think that's a hard pill to – that's going to be uh, – yeah. to be looking at the careers. Right. Monte Smith, Jamar Chase – and Panay, those three names right there. Pits as well. Yeah. We'll talk about that, I guess, later too, because the more and more I posted a a Pitts video today on my Twitter, I think. Mm -hmm. The more and more I watch him, there's another guy uh, we could talk about him. They call him Baby Grunk for Penn State. I I remember I messaged you the other day. I said, I've been watching him. He looks looks a lot more refined and a Mm -hmm. lot more – what the Bengals should be uh, doing. The kid from Penn State, I can't even think of his name right now, but that's a guy that could maybe fall. Like, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Eifert. Right. And you know how Eifert was late first and he should have had no business being there? Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I like that guy just as much as I like Pitts. But uh, it's so many different things that I, I jumped ahead of myself, but Parsons at five is a no for me. Just off, the, just, the, just off the strength of who's there, and God, that's some pressure. That's yeah, some, that's that's definitely some pressure. All right, so the other question you asked is, I, would I resign Mackenzie Alexander? Yes. So Mackenzie Alexander is in. What do we have um, in terms of his numbers there? What would it take to bring him back? Average money per year. Um. So let me pull his. So currently, Mackenzie signed a one-year four mil, right? Right. You can hear that, right? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, this thing be tripping. All right, so one year, four mil. He had a signing bonus of fifteen hundred and fifteen. Uh, yeah, only fifteen hundred. I mean, I said fifteen hundred. One million five hundred of it was guaranteed. So, do you think that he's likely to get a same type of deal? You just stretch out the years. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna possibly command more. I think that one year deal was generally kind of like a prove it deal. I think that he could get similar money, maybe a little bump, and then maybe some more years. Because I don't think he would come back. What was it like? One year, four million. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would come his, back for that. His his market value is eight point four, according to uh, Spot uh, Spot Track. Eight point four million. That's what they got on here. They had a market value of three uh, three years, twenty five mil. Okay, I'm not giving you that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my guy. Didn't, like, didn't I sign him? To... Didn't I sign him? Yeah, you signed him. Uh, I, I didn't send him that though. I'm gonna I'm gonna offer you. I'm gonna offer you so one year at four million. I'll give you four. Uh, I give you yeah four four and a half. Like you can go if you don't want to take this, bro. You my guy and everything. I love you. I rock with you. I love your tenacity. But uh, yeah, bro. I Blake this is Pollard says send him six point five. Who Dave says send him five point five. Three years, forty percent guaranteed. I'm gonna give him thirty five percent, and this is why. Before you say, Ace, what are you doing? When I look at <laughs> The draft, or not the draft class, the free agent class, it's a ton of, of nickel corners out there. The one thing I don't have is what I already resigned, an outside corner and William Jackson the third. So this is what I'm gonna do. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna lowball them. I'm gonna say 30 percent, four and a half million for two years, 30 percent guaranteed. Yes, he rejected it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna hold off right now on that because I got bigger fish to fry. What Somebody call said, uh, Sam said no more berry picking. No more <laughs> berry picking at all. So Carl Lawson, what are the numbers on him? I think it's like eleven and a half million a year. I think. I think it's I think it's something similar to that for Carl Lawson, right? We need Carl Lawson. Our edge rush is is definitely nothing without him. You know, we do have Khalid Kareem. We do have Sam Hubbard, but we still need more, you know, especially after ending this year with, I think, you know, just over 12 or 13 sacks or something like that. I don't have the exact number, but it was low. It was low. And that's including sacks that Carlos Dunlap had. You have to remember that, too. So we need an edge rusher. We need two. Currently, Currently, right now, Carl Lawson has made in four seasons $4.5 million out of those seasons with an average of I think it was like seven hundred thousand dollars. So this is this is Carlos's big payday, right? His right. market value currently right now, my phone is going so slow. I had all this stuff pulled up, uh, but his market value is eight point eight. So uh, uh, Spot Track says that he should get a four year thirty five million. All so right. that's, that's eight point eight, yeah, a year. They have him currently ranked as the twentieth. Uh, best defensive edge. I'm gonna say, Carl, we rock with you. You did an interview with us. We're gonna give you nine million per year, four years. I think he gets that though. I think four. for sure they give him that. We're gonna guarantee since we're only giving you nine, we're gonna give you a higher guarantee there. So I'm gonna say 75. percent He accepted. 
So yeah. we have Carl Lawson back. All right, Carl. Welcome back. So now we're looking at that line. I'm thinking of my line right now. It's some decisions to be made here. Let me go through. Okay, so we're not. Why are you talking that. to people and thinking about it too? People said, "Don't forget, Renell Wren is coming back. He's a beast." People I always talk about Josh Tupal coming back. DJ Reader. There's a lot of questionable uh, guys coming off of the injuries that I really do believe in. But you know, not all is lost at the defensive line too. But Carl Lawson right. to me was a must. All right, Marcus. We're going to try to bring you back for 700K. Marcus Hunt's super slept on, played very well in the second time around with the Bengals. I felt like from the from the first game when Dunlap, you know, you know they, they benched him or whatever, or they put him in favor, Marcus Hunt showed up at a couple <laughs> passes blocked down, and he rejected. How much did you send him? I offered him 700000 like 80% of it. Why are you disrespecting him like that? <laughs> Look, Marcus, it's it's a business, my guy. <laughs> You're kind of old in the tooth a little bit. He can't uh, be. Hold on. He's got to be like, what, 31? I don't know. I think he was pretty old when we drafted him. <laughs> like right. All 28, right. I think, when we drafted him. We so. found him We found him out in, uh, what, Lithu- uh Where is he from? Oh, why do I not know that? I used to always say it. But either way, he was out there in the woods just chopping trees and stuff. So he had already been doing that for like 20 years. Estonia. He was from Estonia. Estonia. Olympia. He's going to be 34. Like, Marcus. 34 for real? I can't do 34. I can't do. He is not about to be 34. That makes me feel so much older. I feel like just the other day we were on the Marcus Hunt. You know what I'm saying? Like, the project of Marcus Hunt. We were. Damn, that went fast. I got to go with Quentin Spain then. Marcus, since you tripping right now, what's the Quentin Spain money looking like? Yeah. He came from a big deal. He got cut by the Bills after signing that big deal. Then he kind of literally kind of had like a one-year uh, test out or tryout year with us. He had a – I remember with the Bills, he had a 15-mil three-year, so he was getting five per. No one's saying that he's 33. I'm saying by the kickoff, he's going to be 34. His Quentin, Spain, Quentin Spain just got 9-10 from us. Over the cap says – well, yeah, they were talking referencing that Bills deal again. It was 15 mil for three years. Is what it, I mean, but if you think about it now, now Bobby Hart does play a different position, but guard money, the top of the class is like eight, you know. Right. If you could get a guy around five, that's that's pretty like you know, I above think, average. I think, I think four, you think I think four four million is what I'm gonna offer him. I'll offer him four mil a year. Uh, I'm gonna give him three years. That solidifies that that spot with him. I believe in him at the guard position, and I'm gonna guarantee eighty percent of it. All right. So we got our guard in. So we Queen do Spain. have Spain back. And 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 people that are watching or listening, that doesn't mean. That he absolutely has to be the starter. You didn't break your back spending all that money for him, whatever, but you legitimize the position and you don't have to go searching for a guard next year. And in the worst case scenario, we go through other free, we don't go get the big Tooney signing or whatever. I don't know what Ace has playing coming up. You at least have one guy that you feel comfortable that you can roll out there and you don't have a situation that we've had in the last two years. So one guy, since Marcus Hunt does not like that offer, 
one guy that I am willing to invest more in because of his age, we traded for this guy, Christian Covington, right? So Christian Covington, I'm going to see if I can offer him $1.2 million, or actually $1.5 million for the next two years. That's a good debt piece if in, in the event that Reader or any of these guys like, you know, Tupau or Ren aren't able to suit up or whatever. Like, that's a really, really good debt piece. And he played a lot of snaps for the Bengals. I think he probably played over 400, 500 snaps for the Bengals this past year on the low. Facts, facts. So I'm gonna offer him 1.5 million for two years. I'm gonna guarantee 90% of it. All right. So we got Christian Covington back. All right. Where am, I, where am I at with cap space? I I got 43 mil in cap space left. So you're beefing up the trenches. I'm beefing up the trenches. I think I'm good. I think we can head in with where we're at right now. So Maje, I love what you did, my guy, but I can pay a fifth round draft pick. You know, 600K. I love you, but I I can't pay you that much. So right now, I'm going to roll the dice. McKenzie, I thought we were better than that. Let's go. All right. So now we're into free agency. All right. So the first spot that I want to look at is the edge. I want to see what we got here. Uh, We've got Bud Dupree, Matt Judon, Shaq Barrett, Justin Houston, Leonard Floyd, who I really like. Zim ended up getting him. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it too late to say who you didn't uh, resign just now? Because somebody said, "What about Mike Daniels just now?" I didn't resign Mike Daniels. I'm going. I like Mike Daniels, but I'm going to test free agency and see if I can still bring him back. I meant to ask you that. I wanted to, uh, Mike I, Daniels. Actually, I will make Mike Daniels an offer because the defensive tackles in this draft class are not that good, and if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if the defensive tackles and free agency are the best either, but I could get a Sheldon Rankins. That would be an upgrade. I could get, yeah, you know what? You're going to make me pull up some PFF or something. You know what? I may, I may take my chances here because, yes, I like you, Mike Daniels, but I also like some of the options that we have here. You're talking about Sheldon Rankins. That's a guy that I'm really zeroing in on. Uh, but first, I'm going to try to get this edge right. I'm going to try to get my other edge right because I still feel like I needed another one. We still had Carlos Dunlap. I still need someone that's going to give me that value. I'm tired of taking chances right now and hoping that these draft picks work out. I'm, I'm in the mind of Lou Anarumu right now. Get me a legit guy. And I think I'm going to go after Shaq Barrett. And you Keep in mind. Try. Go ahead. I was going to say, keep in mind, everyone, this is day one. So a lot of these guys that people are saying, you know, like he can go back and go get him like later. Right. This right. is this is day one free agency right here. This is day one. I'm I'm just going to I'm going to hope that Mike Daniels isn't signed day one of free agency. But Shaq Barrett, I got to go after this guy. This is the this is the girl that got away and okay. he got away and he had what, 16 sacks. And if we would have tried to sign him after that, which the Buccaneers didn't, they knew that that number was going to be too high. So what did they do? Frank they man. gave him another kind of prove it deal, and it went down to eight sacks, right? So the price had to go down a little bit. But this is day one. So well, Shaq Barrett is probably asking for a huge high number. He got fifteen. He got 15.8 one-year deal this past year on the strength of those 19 tackles in 2019. 
Okay. Those 19 sacks. All right. So Shaq Barrett, I got to come with at least, I feel like, 13 to 14 million. What's, mm-hmm. Is that in the right ballpark, Zim? <laughs> you don't want to know what Spot Track's in. Spot Track got a market value of 19.7. Oh, no. We can't give them that. They have them, and the reason why is because they have them ranked as the number two uh, free agent, I guess, at that position. Okay, which that's cool. It's day one. So, what we're going to do is we're going to come in with our first offer here, and we're going to say 13.5. I'm going to offer you 13.5. I'm going to offer you your 28. So, I'm going to offer you. Three years. Tim says, sorry, do you think he fits our scheme? Yeah, because this is the year where Lou is supposed to go 100% into a 3-4. Yes, I will say he will. He does fit the scheme because the Buccaneers actually run a hybrid defense there with the 3-4 and the 4-3. You have to remember this was one of the guys that they wanted for this defense. So so Lou went after him knowing that he's going to make it. So. Even though I'm giving him the 13.5, I'm still going to offer 70% of it being guaranteed. So he's probably rejecting that. I ain't going to lie. He's probably going to reject that. <laughs> uh, anybody else? I'm looking at Bud Dupree. I don't want to overpay for them. Yes, I want to hurt the Steelers, and I possibly want to hurt the Ravens with Matt Judon, but I just really don't like those guys. Uh, I loved what Zim I really, did. I, I really don't like them guys either. I, I like maybe us. Maybe my bias just has me just thinking like they're not really. They they haven't impacted games when we played them like that. Facts, facts. And here's my other thing. So Leonard Floyd, I'm gonna make him an offer. I really love what Zim did with that. I think that you know just watching him in the playoffs, he's been a guy that's a former first round pick. Right. He's, he's still under thirty. He's 28. He's been productive. Uh, he can make plays. I think he also fits the 3-4. So I'm going to make him an offer. Uh, I'm going to offer Leonard Floyd, let's say, $11 million a year because he's not Shaq Barry. He's never had that 19-sack year. Right. I'm going to offer him it for three years. Uh, but I'm going to only offer him, let's just guarantee, about 60% of it. So right. I'm going to see what he does with that. After we did this exercise, I immediately went on PFF. I started, like, I really, like, I don't know what it was before we went into it. I never would have even thought, like, Leonard Floyd. But something about it, I started looking at the measurables, looking at how, he, you know, like, how Dunlap was, how 3-4, how he could be incorporated. I just fell in love with the idea of it. I, right. I think in real life, the Bengals will say, we allocated so much money to DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, and all these guys getting guaranteed money on defense this past year that they probably wouldn't do it. But that is a guy that I think if you're going to make Carl Lawson better or make this defense a lot better, you have to get a legit rusher with the intangibles and the attributes that you need, not just somebody that works extra, extra hard like Sam Hubbard. No disrespect, Sam Hubbard, but you got to have a guy that's got like unnatural abilities to to pair up that defenses have to scheme for. And that's one of the things that's been missing on this team for a while. Facts. So the other thing is I also saw that we have Solomon Thomas available to us. Solomon Thomas can also play on the inside. So this is why I took the gamble of Mike Thomas and seeing what's out there because I can get Solomon Thomas, who's a younger guy, can potentially play that defensive tackle and can rush as well, right? 
and I'm going to lowball him. I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to, you have to prove it to me. Like you have essentially been a bust. So I'm giving you 1 million for one year. I guarantee hundred percent of it. Cause that's a bargain for someone that age. So everybody, I, I went back cause I can't see it between flipping between, but I did see someone in the comments that said, Ace, you tripping. Why aren't you looking at the offensive tackles? This is why. The reason why is because the offensive tackle class and the offensive guard class are two of the biggest strengths of this draft class. I'm still going to make an offer here, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket because I know that the edge rusher class is weak. I know that the defensive line class um, in terms of the college class is weak in terms of the interior. Those aren't spots that I can really shore up there. Like I'm not going to find or draft a Shaq Barrett out of that draft, in my opinion, from what people have been saying. I know at the corner position, that's going to mess me up. And I know for a fact that I'm going to have to give Joe Burrow a lot of ammo in this draft, which means, you know, who's not going to get ammo? Lou Anarumo. And so in order to balance that out, I kind of have to take somewhat of the approach that they did last year with letting Lou go crazy in free agency. And then when we went into the draft, we were able to say, okay, let me get a Joe Burrow, let me get a T. Higgins and get some more offensive weapons. So that's the approach that I'm taking here. But of course, when I see Trent Williams sitting there, I got to make an offer for Trent Williams. Who was that though? Remember at the end, I was like, oh, damn, I didn't know he was there. Remember? And it was from the top. He wasn't there though. Like, no, we no, looked, no, we no looked. not Trent though. Like, damn, when is somebody, remember when we got to the thing, I said, damn, I would have offered him. Wow. I don't know if it was Taylor. Nah, I, it wasn't Motown. I don't know who it was. Forget it. Okay. Garrett Bowles is interesting, too. I didn't know Garrett Bowles was out Garrett there. Garrett Bowles is interesting. I think he's kind of trash, though. He he probably is somewhat trash. I, I pulled out the premium PFF on him. But. I got to make an offer for Trent Williams. And, and this is my thing with Trent Williams. My vision may be that if I signed Trent Williams successfully, I can possibly, depending on how things work out in this draft, even if Panay is there, I could draft Panay and I could slide Jonah into the guard. I could have uh, Spain as my other guard. I could have Billy Price at center. I already like that line much more than I do now. And it's Trent Williams. I got to offer him something. And one thing I will say about if you did that move, it changes how you kind of operate with the team and what you're going to do. Now, because right. Trent Williams, I don't know what – I'm not going to tell you what to offer him. He's going to want some big money, right? But yeah, all is not lost. That just means less money is allocated to a skill position. But you're beefing up the line. Joe Burrow's untouched. And now you're similar to the Browns in that regard where you right. completely revamped your offensive line. You probably don't have the skill position players like the Bills have. But you do have like a top, I would say a top seven offensive line in the in, in the NFL. You're able to run more and you're able to get way more time for Joe Burrow, but you probably lack some of the explosiveness because you're not gonna have that type of money to play with with free agency. You're gonna go straight to the draft for your skill positions for the most part because Trent's gonna eat up that cap. No, nah, that's facts. So the first thing I'm gonna say is I'm gonna offer Trent. 10 million a year. I know that this is probably getting rejected, but I got to make a try. And I think Trent is what, how old is Trent? Cause I can play for a while. We're seeing that with, we're seeing that with, uh, with Andrew Whitworth right now. Right. 34. So 
34. I'm going to offer him two years. He had one year off, and he's a super – if you got – I live in the Washington, D.C. area, if you guys are watching this. Trent Williams is to us what Andrew Whitworth is to a Bengals fan. He is one of those guys that is just a super unnatural freak of a tackle that will probably be playing until he's 39 years old and probably has about four more years of elite play. So don't just get enamored with his age like – this dude, right. like, watch him in the uh, – go to his page. Look how he works out. He works out like a wide receiver, and the dude's like 300-something pounds. So I'm going to offer him $10 million a year for two years, 70% guarantee. Actually, I'm going I'm to say 80% guarantee. We'll see. He's going to reject the hell out of it. Oh, he's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely rejecting it. All right, so I'm looking at my other tackles, who I really expected to be here that's not, was actually Cam Robinson. But it looks like the Jags re-signed him. He was a oh, young tackle man. that I thought that I could get for a bargain. I'm going to look at Taylor Moton as well, uh, and I'm going to offer him, let's just say, $8 million. I'm not thinking that this is going to get accepted. So let's just say $8 million. Let's say I think he's a lot younger, so I'm going to say four years, and I'm going to guarantee 50% of it. All right. So then I got my trenches pretty much where I want them, but I'm going to still, I still got to get that guard. I still have to get the guard position. So this is where it gets interesting because we got Joe Tooney. We got Daryl Williams. We got Austin Blythe. Jason Peters is old as shit. We're not signing him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you one thing about Blythe that people that I went back and looked at, because I did post this thing the other day showing guards and stuff uh, that will be available that the Bengals at Duke can can sign like Osimile and stuff like that. They really stuck uh, this past year, so I was like not hip to that. Went to PFF. Right. Austin Blythe has the connection with Zach Taylor. Austin Blythe just played a whole season at center, so he has the ability to move to guard and center. Who needs a center because we got Trey Hopkins? Like that's somebody that I would have probably looked at when I did my mock simulation, probably a little bit more, just because of the versatility. Facts, facts. So I'm looking at this class, and I, I got to look at PFF real quick just to see what – get an idea of what this guy actually looks like. Because the person that I'm looking at is Forrest Lamp, and he is trash. He is completely trash. Complete so trash. I'm not looking at him anymore. <laughs> that is had, not he, an upgrade. He did have – 2018, he had a 76 uh, uh, pass blocking grade. How do I know? Because I was arguing with somebody about like these all these guys. I probably know the PFF numbers off the top of my head because everybody was telling me like, man, that guard list is trash. I'm like, no, nah, some of these dudes can play. I went and looked the last two years. Some of these dudes fell off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah, they have. Because Forrest Lamp, I think he was like, a, what, a second-day pick like a few years ago? So I think I'm going to go with Blythe because I've wanted Blythe for a while. Like like Zim is saying, like, I think ever since, I think, last season when we knew Zach Taylor came from, from that area. And I don't think that he would be a guy that would just break the bank at the guard position. I think that he could be a realistic person that the Bengals could take a flyer on. So with that. Why you skip Tooney, though? Joe Tooney, I'm just—that's what the people want to know. I'm just (laughs) not so that the Bengals would spend the money on Joe Tooney. What do you think Tooney money looks like? I think Tooney money to me looks like 13 million a year. Right. I I think it looks like 13 million a year if I'm getting Tooney. If I'm getting Blythe, I think Blythe could be like a lot less than that, but a better value if that makes sense. Like I'm getting more 
bang for my buck with Blythe than I would with Joe Tooney. Because, like, let's just say if this were Madden and Joe Tooney is, like, eight points rated higher than Blythe, but I'm paying him, like, 10 more million a year, like, Blythe is the better is the better value. So I'm going to go with Blythe. He's played in the system before. He's played for Zach Taylor before. He's got that connection. I'm going to go with Blythe, and I'm going to offer him – I'm going to offer him $5 million a year for – That's what I was going to say. Blythe should be getting the same money looking like Quentin Spain. The only reason why he probably get a little bit more is because he's hitting the open market and he's played for a legit team just now, like a team that just went to the playoffs. Just went other, to the playoffs. I'm other than that, I don't even see a reason why he would even get more than Spain. But I'm going to only guarantee 50% of it. So I'm probably not signing any of these guys. I'm putting out fillers my first my first day. The other thing that's interesting is Trey Hopkins was injured at the end of the season with a knee injury, which means he's ACL. probably not starting. Starting. So that's gonna be the Billy Price. I'm looking at the centers. I don't like what I see there. Corey Lindsley is is decent, but Blythe, big Blythe. We can put Blythe there too. We're so gonna put. Then, I'm saying if you sign, you just sent Blythe the offer, right? Yeah, I sent Blythe the offer. So now you're rolling in the training camp with Blythe going up against Billy Price yet again. Billy Price is going to be working for the to the day he's done with the Bengals. Whole life. Right. right. So now I'm, I'm at the tight end position. I, I don't know if – okay, Zach Ertz is there. I did love how Zim got Zach Ertz. The dude that stands out to me, though, and I'm not sure if this is accurate, John New Smith – I really liked him, like, just from a fantasy perspective, just kind of watching him, like, you know, kind of scouting him before um, the game that we played them against. I really like him, and I think that he's got some potential. I'm not sure if he's – is he actually a free agent? I don't know why I was saying that. I didn't think that was the case. I'm going to tell you – I'm going to look that up right now, but – I'm going to give y'all a little insider uh, thing. Uh, it looks when, like it's true because PFF is predicting the Jags to sign him. So it seems it seems like Janu – I think that he's a guy – That's crazy he went for you. Why did Janu just get so hot this year? Because even in my fantasy draft, that was a guy I was looking at, but I hadn't been looking at him before. Like, what? when did he get hot like that? He was drafted eight round three. I don't know if I can give Janu eight million a year. I'll tell you what, Janu. That's oh, that's his market value right now, though. Like after the year he just came out of and he's coming out healthy, Janu's gonna get some cash, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all some inside thing on the Titans game. The one thing that I was mad at, I never bet against the Bengals, but I do bet against like players being productive. I lost a hundred dollars because I said Janu Smith was gonna have 60 yards uh and like four catches. We completely blanked him in that game where he had like 30 yards or something like right. He didn't do anything against us. He didn't, he didn't do nothing, and it was like the biggest shock. Like I, it was like the I thought it was like the easiest bet I ever was gonna make, and he absolutely did nothing in that game. Shocked the hell out of me. I'm gonna offer him 6.8 four years, guarantee 75 percent of it. All right. All right, wide receiver. We got some options here, bro. Like we have a lot of options here. Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson. Boo Boo Smith Shitster, um, <laughs> Green, Godwin, who I love Godwin, but he's gonna cost too much. Marvin I don't love Godwin. I don't love Godwin. And I love Allen Robinson. I just don't love him for us. Like all these guys you just named, 
Me right. personally, I just got this weird thing in my head, and the only way that somebody would just have to prove me wrong. But doesn't Allen Robinson seem like the type of guy almost similar to like Trey Waynes or something? Like he's going to come here, and it's just not going to work out. I get flashbacks, and I think the front office probably get flashbacks of what's uh, what's your boy when we, when we signed the uh, the wide receiver two thousand. Antonio Bryant. Yeah, like it's like some kind of Antonio. Like Allen Robinson is too good to just. I don't know. I just can't see him coming here. Just I, I know the Bengals wouldn't do it, but right, you know, like some of those guys. Somebody proposed that to me. I'm just like, that's a guy. I just feel like they'll overpay for in the open market, and he'll get here, and he's not going, and it's not going to work for whatever reason. And I'm gonna be pissed. The Bengals have to do this moving forward. It start buying when people's stock is low. And taking a chance on some of these guys. Allen Robinson's stock is never going to be this high ever again. I'm sorry, I just said that because somebody. Three people hit me on Twitter and was like, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson. And as soon as you said it, I'm like, that's it's not going to work here. Like, I need right. somebody with low expectations or something. I don't know. From the wide receiver position, I'm so scared of, like, wide receivers and free agency. And the only way I can do it is, like, is to, like, somebody just has to come here and, like, it do really well. So I'm looking at the wide receiver position. We obviously need speed. I would love to bring Marvin Jones back, but he's simply going to cost too much. Like, we've been chasing Marvin Jones since he left his offense. But I doubt that he would want to come back to Cincinnati. I don't know. Like, I think Marvin Jones left to be a number one. I don't think he's getting that with Tyler Boyd here, T. Higgins, and all of that. I don't I don't see him getting that. I could have saw him. I could see him coming back if AJ was still here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So right now I'm I'm really in between two guys because I'm not I'm not sure how things are gonna work out with these offers. One guy that I actually like from being in Florida and hearing a lot about him, just from like fan like fans that I have that are friends of mine that like the Jaguars is Keelan Cole. I really like him because he's somewhat of like a small shifty receiver. He has that speed and he might not be someone that we have to pay a gang of money for. So I'm going to offer I'm going to offer him something, but it's kind of crazy. He's actually expected to make about 7 million a year. That's crazy. Which you is- know, he kind of reminds me of like a faster Michael Tom- Mike Mike Thomas that we had. Not, right. not Michael Thomas, but that Mike Thomas. So I'm going to offer I'm going to offer him something. It's the first day. Let's just say 4 million a year. Albert Wilson is underrated, bro. Uh, let's say four years, let's guarantee about 65% of it. All right. Hold on. Where are we at time-wise? 46 minutes. All right. I need to speed this up. All right. Uh, running back, we're good. Quarterback, do I need a veteran? I need a veteran. Phillip Rivers just retired. Jameis Winston is probably going to stick with the Saints. Andy Dalton isn't coming back here. Tyrod, A.J. McCarron, I'm good on them. All right, so I'm done submitting offers for today. Everybody, oh, snap. All right, so I did not expect to sign someone on the first day. Keelan so. Cole declined my offer. Jonathan <laughs> uh, Smith declined my offer. Trent Williams declined my offer. Damn. Taylor Moton accepted your offer of four years, eight million per year. Austin Blythe accepted your offer of five million per year for four years. All my edge rushers in the trenches declined no everything. 
All right, bet. So uh, let's let's go over the list real quick. Oh, oh my I bad. About it. I, but it was nobody that we really cared about. Don't even don't even trip. All but right, but just to just to say this now, that right there in itself, those two signings on the offensive line right now for the average Bengal fan, average Bengal fan, including myself, I would be like, let's roll because I can go to the drive. I can go get me some, you know, like there's some tackles that are going to fall. I don't have to go get Panay. I don't have, but if Panay's there, I'm going to get him. But, you know, what you did just right now, getting Moton and Blythe, that right there in itself, in a healthy Jonah Williams, is a is a top 15 line in the NFL. Maybe yeah. 15th, 15th ranked line in the NFL. Just that. Right. So we got Jonah, we got Taylor, we got Spain, Blythe, Billy Price at center. I'm good. I'm very comfortable with that. Now we got to get this edge rusher. Here's the other thing that's dope about that too. That cap hit, like I told y'all, even though I guarantee, even though I gave Taylor Motown eight million a year, only five point six of that of that eight million this year counts against the cap for Austin Blythe. Of that five million, only three and a half counts. So that still leaves me with I think it said 30, 30 something million, thirty four point eight million. Right. All right. I gotta make a big splash here. Ryan Kerrigan, Melvin Ingram, Shaq Barrett. What do you want, bro? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta bring him. We gotta bring him home. I think I offered him. Don't you play no hardball with a Shaq? All right, all right, Shaq. I'm I'm willing to go up to fifteen million per year. Pressure's on, Ace. If you don't land this, all right, I can't guarantee you. The if you whole, don't land this, your edge looking real weak coming out. Day, like what you gonna do? The pressure is on right now. All right, three years. I'm gonna guarantee seventy five percent of it. Fifteen million a year. Fifteen a year for Shaq. Fifteen Ooh. a year. Seventy five percent of that. It's probably around 13 million that's going 13 or 12 million that's going to count against the cap. I can live with that. I think I can live with that. If you don't Actually, accept I'm that, gonna I'm going to smack him in myself. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to offer him that. We got to so, get this. So, so to recap, you do have Carl Lawson. You still got Sam Hubbard under contract. If you guys missed that earlier in the show, and now we're attempting to go get somebody on the other end. And I need somebody in the trenches. Solomon Thomas, you didn't like my first offer. I'm back and I'm offering you two and a half million a year. Talk that stuff to him. Tell him, Solomon, you are an underachiever. You ain't never did nothing in the league, bro. You need to come with us and resurrect your career, sir. Don't be be walking around here like you big and bad, Solomon Thomas. Come get with the real boys over here. Over here. I'm a guarantee 80% of a one year deal. All right now. All about, right. What about that could happen though? I'm thinking about Melvin, but he's kind of dusty. He's kind of old. He's still that guy, <laughs> but he's kind of old. And and we need to stay young, and we need to make sure that we don't have. We're not in a situation like we've been in with aging veterans that are falling off of a cliff. Ryan Kerrigan is definitely intriguing. He doesn't want to go back to the Washington football team. He could give us a lot of leadership in the locker room. Him and Melvin Ingram, they could be those guys. But right now, we need somebody that's going to come in and do something. So my worst nightmare is if I offer Shaq Barrett and Leonard Floyd the same thing and they both accept because that's like all of my cap. So with Leonard Floyd, I can't be scared, though. I can't be scared to sign both of them because if I sign both of them, 
that like that free agency might be done, but I'm good. So Leonard Floyd, I'm gonna make you an offer. No, nah, I'm not gonna make you an offer because I want Shaq Barrett. I'm not going. I'm not going. I want Shaq Barrett. And it may be too greedy, and I might have to strike out, but I can always fall back and get an Alden Smith. I can always fall back and, and take a flyer out on one of these other guys. It may burn me, but I'm willing to take that risk right now. Let's see the wide receiver position. All right, Keelan Cole, you didn't you didn't like that offer. Let me take a look. I got to look at his PFF numbers real quick before I make this next offer because a wide receiver, you know what? Actually, nah, Keelan Cole. You, you disrespected me. Let me talk to Josh Reynolds real quick. Josh Reynolds. Uh, right now, that's a guy that everybody's been really, really looking in and zeroing in as a Bengal fan with the ties to Zach Taylor. Price more affordable is the speed threat that we've been looking for since Marvin Jones departed. And I feel like I feel like Josh Reynolds, his ceiling is higher than Keelan Cole. So I'm gonna offer him that same five million a year. Let me get him for he's still young, and I love this guy coming out. I loved him coming out of college. I really wanted the Bengals to draft him back then, and I'm believing in that. So I'm going to offer – I'm going to say 70% of that I'm willing to guarantee. Now, he might not take that because wide receiver money, you know, but this is an investment. If you show out this contract, the next contract might be big. All right. We need to get – I got Keelan Cole, I got Keelan Cole's um, PFF pulled up too if you want it. Okay. What's his, uh, what's his PFF number? His offensive overall premium status 64.4 which is a little bit above the average. Um, his receiving grade is a 63.7, so nothing special. Uh, mm-hmm. Week six against the Lions, he had a phenomenal game. He had a, like 143 yards, had a 70-something grade. Overall, he's always – 2020, he had a 64. So that was his worst grade as a as an NFL wide receiver. Five touchdowns, 642 yards. Um 55 receptions. For, so, like, j- to put that in perspective, if John Ross or anybody uh, is a number four option, if Auden Tate uh, was able to get 642 yards, five touchdowns, I think you would take that for, would you say, you're sitting on five mil? Five million, yeah. You would take that in a heartbeat. Okay. That's that's why I don't think him or – I think him or Josh Reynolds, I think they'd probably get more. It might be less years. I wish I would have took down the guarantee on that because thinking about where we're at in the draft, I don't have to get a receiver there. This is a strong receiver class. But you know what? I do need a corner. I do need that nickel corner. And, McKenzie, I need you back. I know we didn't get off on the right foot, which is why I'm going to offer you $4.5 a year. Okay. You offered them four the first time, right? Yeah, I offered them four the first time. I'm going to offer you – this for for three years and I'm going to guarantee 90% of it. Let's see what you do with that. All right. Linebacker, Levante David, Sean Lee, KJ Wright, Bruce Irvin. How about Levante David the other day, him and Devin White? Wasn't that a beautiful thing to see? Did anybody watch that Buccaneers game? Like to watch linebacker play at that level is something crazy. Devin White uh, at, at some point just took over the game. And that's a guy that a lot of Bengals players, I mean, a lot of Bengals fans wanted 
But to see him paired up uh, with David and, and playing that defense is just crazy. Nice. To see, like, the linebacker position still can be relevant and still be a force in the National Football League. So one guy that I'm looking at, even though I'm not really per se looking at linebackers, this guy kind of caught my eye and is Raquan McMillan, right? We, we've got some young linebackers, but I want to add to that room. I want to get some competition. I want to get some depth. I want to help out special teams. And Raekwon McMillan, if he can come at the right play, at the right price, I'm willing to at least take a flyer on him just to see what he's got, right? And it's saying that his, his valuation right now is $2 million a year. I can take that. I'll take that. So I'm going to offer him a $2 million deal, bring him back to Ohio, um, let's say that it's a two-year deal, and let's say I'm going to guarantee actually 80% because that's pretty good for a linebacker. So I'm going to offer him that. Maybe I, think, I don't think he got, like, uh, how many snaps? All right, so 2020, he played a total of 170 snaps. <laughs> you don't want to know his grade. <laughs> his grade is probably horrible. And I it think I was watching some PFF earlier, and they say a lot of these young backers – Young linebackers for them are horrible. Like if you look at anybody's grade, even Devin White's grade was horrible. So I'm I'm not gonna not saying that I don't trust PFF because we respect them and everything, but I'm not gonna put a ton into that because I know what it's like to have someone like Nick Vigil. So I I think that hopefully let's just hope that he's not that bad. So it, it, it was a, it was a small sample size. Like I said. 2018, he had 130 snaps. 2020, 170 snaps that they graded it off of. But his grade was a 30. <laughs> okay, so Jonu Smith, I'm not mad at that. I don't, I don't really need you because I got options in the draft right now. I got options in the draft right now. So you know what? I think since we got the trenches right in terms of the offensive side, I'm really just trying to land one of these edge rushers. Now, I might strike out. Because I didn't make Leonard Florida offer, but I'm going to see what we did here. All right. So, let's go. Very strange, but we did get Josh Reynolds. Yes. Shaq Barrett declined my offer. Solomon Thomas. Really? And you sent him to 15? Yeah, I sent him to 15. I think I sent him to 15, but it was, I, or maybe it was, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Hey, Solomon man. Thomas declined my offer and accepted a five year offer. 8.9. Good luck, Giants. Y'all can have him for that. Raekwon and McKenzie both declined my offer. Keelan Cole, wh how, what is this? What is this, Keelan? I offered you more than that, and you went to the Browns for $2.7 a year? Okay, bro. All right. That's cool. All right. I see how it is. I see how it is. Bud Dupree, $20 million per year to the Jags. Good luck with that overpay. And, uh, and that Mitchell Trubisky, the, the 9.6 for two years is not bad. That's like, not bad at all. Hey, like, I would have took that. Somebody's talking about get Ertz again. Now nah, I'm good on Ertz. We got a, we got a plan here. So now we're in day three. I got to wrap this up. So you know what, Shaq? You playing games with us right now. You going what back you to Shaq? What do you want, Shaq? What do you we want to hand him a blank check? To make? We're not going to hand him a blank check. <laughs> oh, we need that. We need you that. take that 15. <laughs> That's man. so they saying go Ertz again, bro. I don't want Ertz. We still got the draft. Y'all know who I want. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to spoil it, but y'all yeah. know what I'm looking for. 
I got options in the draft, bro. We got we don't need Penn A. I, I already know what you're about to do in the draft. Exactly. And, I got, and, and it satisfies a lot of different people, I think. Because I think you're not I'm gonna let it play out. Let's go. All right, so 15 and a half million, four years. I think I was only giving you three. I think you was mad because I was giving you three. And you know what? Why am I playing with 15 and a half? Let's just go all the way up to 16. I really need you to come to Cincinnati, bro. If you don't take this, I need to make another offer to somebody out that's out here. Like, if I say you better go look at Floyd, Leonard Floyd, I'm gonna make you an offer right now. 12 million. He gonna take that. Somebody say offer Leonard 13.5, but I think he's gonna take this 12. It's day three. He getting hungry. He getting hungry. I'm gonna offer you 12. I'm gonna guarantee 75% of that. Actually, I'm gonna guarantee 80. We run a low on time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. All right. Um, my defensive tackle position is definitely hurting me right now. So Mike Daniels, let's work this out. I tried to see what was out there. It's not really that much out there. So two million for a year. Eighty uh, percent guaranteed. Come on back home. The other dude, I almost forgot about this. Sheldon Rankins. I do like Sheldon Rankins. He's very athletic from what I remember. In the I, I like Sheldon Rankins a lot, too. I just I, remember him showing up in big, like, for the, uh, yeah, big time in a lot of different games. Big time. It says that he's probably worth about, I, I wish I could take that back from Mike Daniels. I'm tripping. I didn't realize how much of a bargain I could get him for. But you know what? I'm still going to get him anyway because I want both. We got to beef that up. Geno Atkins isn't going to be here. I'm going to offer him four-year deal. Let's guarantee 70 uh, – 80% is good. All right, cool. All right. Really trying to concentrate here on there. I really like Godshaw, too. Um, Sue, I just don't see him coming here, even though I'd love to have him. Sheldon Rankins had a pretty good pass rushing grade this uh, past season as well. He played a total of 472 snaps. Uh, yeah, he had some good snaps in there, but he had a 68.4, which is towards the top uh, for interior defensive line. And I'm pretty sure Leonard Williams is going to cost an arm and a leg, and he's probably going to get a nice deal because this this defensive interior uh, for this draft isn't good. So I think I'm good there. Let's go ahead and, and see what this brings us. Come on. A, a lot of people talking about pits and stuff in here. And whatever. <laughs> we got him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's interesting because we just got Leonard Floyd and Shaq Barrett. Not sure how realistic that is. Right. And Sheldon Rankin's decline, and, Mike Daniels, etc. And, and, what, and what is your cap? Man, that defensive front right there is a rotation for your ass. We got $8 million. I think hey, bro, 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 we got Carl Lawson. We got Leonard Floyd. You got Sheldon Rankin, you said, or he, he declined? Nah, he declined. He declined. Well, so but I I'll, I'll let you go through the whole thing. But that is that's insane. That is insane. I don't think that this is. That's what I was worried about. That's why I only wanted to offer Shaq Barrett that. I don't know if I can undo it. Nah, keep it. Let's roll with it. We're gonna have we gonna we gonna have the best defensive front in the National Football League. So we got Shaq Barrett and Floyd. How you gonna rotate that though? We got Shaq Barrett. We got Carl Lawson. We got Sam Hubbard. That's the rotation. Yeah. That literally has to so be the rotation. 
You're kicking Hubbard in a lot. Yeah, I'm going to have to probably – see, I, that's why I didn't want it to work that way. That's why I wanted to just make one. I, I was scared. Remember you was trying to get me to send two offers to, like – I think it was, like, two tackles or something. I was like, I don't want right. to – I don't so want both the, of them. For the sake of realism, we're just going to act like the Leonard Floyd thing didn't happen. That's not nine, <laughs> $9 million. All right. So we add that $9 million back to – I think uh, the eight million. So we're probably at like 17, 18 million. So that's all I really wanted to do there is I wanted to try to sign Mike Daniels and Leonard Floyd. And I really wanted to get, I really wanted to bring back Mackenzie Alexander, but I'm actually going to chill for now because we still got training camp cuts and a whole bunch of other things that could happen. I'm good with retaining William Jackson and Trey Waynes. I could get another corner in the draft. So I'm done with free agency like i'm i'm tapped out so i'm gonna just say that i didn't get leonard floyd i'm gonna say that i got shaq barrett because that just doesn't make sense now but, 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 but but you got Josh reynolds on the way from the wide receiver position so all is not lost on the offensive part of it so you did get some of that in, um as far as your skill positions uh austin blythe you got as a rotational guard he could probably start a guard if he wanted to on this team but he's a great insurance policy for Trey Hopkins. Uh, Taylor Moton is now your new starting tackle. You're going to put him opposite side of Jonah Williams, which if one's on the right, one's on the left, who cares? You could go to the draft and potentially even move Jonah Williams to guard if you were to go get Panay. Right. You got Edge out the ass. <laughs> like Carla, even if you took away, like you said, uh, Leonard Floyd off of this thing, and you just went Shaq Barrett, Carl Lawson. That right there in itself with Mike Daniels, Josh Tupau, DJ Reader, uh, Covington, who you signed earlier, uh, Renell Wren. Like, that's a solid, solid rotation, if healthy. That's how we felt, I think, coming into the, the, to the 2020 season. I don't think we felt like we had a Shaq Barrett coming off the other side. But I thought the rotation looked really, really good on paper. And then we get to training camp and nobody's, you know, I mean, we get uh, like weak. When did everybody start falling off? But regardless, like, then everybody just, yeah, because Ronell Wren not even made it to the. Yeah, that... Ronell Wren, yeah. It's, we can't made it to the season. Ronell going to be that guy. We can't, we can't say that. I feel, like, I feel like he could come in and do everything that you, I, I don't feel like the drop off, like them dudes that they were starting like at the end of the season. Like the Khalil's and all. The, I mean, not Khalid Kareem, because I I totally forgot about naming him just now. Who's, who, I, who, who I think is ascending as well. But some of them other dudes that they like, they got to the point like week 15, 16, Some of them dudes that they were playing, I didn't even, I hadn't even heard of. Honestly. Nah, I'm with you. I'm with so, you. So. Like if Renell Wren is that guy, like your sixth or seventh guy, like you know, like I feel really good about that. And not forcing Renault Wren to play 300 snaps coming off of a major injury. So, got you, got you. All right, so I'm gonna just do a quick two rounds here. Yeah, do a quick one because. All right, this is very interesting because it turns out that it's good that we actually went and signed Taylor and got our line right because Penne went number three overall to the Dolphins. Right. I got a lot of options here. A and, lot of options. and you had three quarterbacks come off the board. Three quarterbacks came off the board. This is a perfect. This I'm is a, a 
perfect scenario. I almost, if this was the scenario that I'm being faced with, you I'm would get killed. You would, you would get killed for the person that you want to take. I'm staring at Jamar Chase. I'm staring at Kyle Pitts. I'm staring at even Patrick Sertain. I would, I would look at it. Probably not at five. I'm really looking at Jalen Waddle too, though. Like a lot of people are sleeping on Waddle, and he's kind of that speed guy that we really need. But Jamar Chase is sitting there too. And I would, really I would grab Waddle me. over Smith. It's really hard for me. I got my pick here. Hey, but let me ask you this real quick, real quick. Two things. The first thing is, if you guys have been following us and, you know, paying attention to this, isn't this so crazy, though, like, you know, moving out of the season and we're now at this point that Ace is actually even entertaining uh, a possible wide receiver or any of these guys right at the draft? Because just a month ago, you wouldn't even look at it. Like, you right. know. Right. Because – you didn't have a Moton. Yeah, right. we didn't have a Moton. So Moton and Blythe, getting Blythe for the low, getting both of them for the low, honestly, really opened a lot of things up. I was really surprised that Moton took that offer. I wasn't expecting them to take that. So this has opened the draft up for me. I got my edge rush right. That's another area I was concerned with. Tight end is a concern. Wide receiver, we still have a concern. Technically, we still have a concern because we don't have that guy that can stretch the field. We do have Josh Reynolds, who I like, but that's not really his game. We got Jamar Chase on the board. We got Devontae Smith on the board. In this situation, I might have to do a trade. Oh, it's exclusive, so I can't trade. All right, so we're not trading. All right, so see, that's what I thought. I didn't want to spoil it. When you were in the in the uh, free agency thing, I said mm-hmm. he's going to try to trade back and go get Pitts. That's, that's what I that's what you, all right, yeah, okay. So, but now, but now we're looking at the board. We're looking at the board. It's coming down between. Let me, let me ask you this: Who do you think is the best person on the board? Like, just period. Like, out of everything that you've seen, I know we're not deep into the scouting portion of our off season, but if I'm just, going off of film, bro, purely off of film, Kyle Pitts is special. I was watching Patrick Sertain's All Twenty Two film. And just seeing what Kyle Pitts could do. And the thing about Jamar Chase, Mm. the connection with Burrow, if this was, let me just be real. If the Bengals are in this situation, it's Jamar Chase. Because Joe Burrow is going to say, give me Jamar Chase. That's what's going to happen. But if it were me in this scenario. I don't know, though, man. Burrow is a smart guy, bro. Like, I really feel like Burrow would just say, this is who I'm taking, or this is who I like for this reason. I don't think he's going to Zach Taylor the situation just because it's his guy. I think, like, if he really felt a tight end would make us lit, he would say, let's go get a tight end. Tight end makes us lit. But that number five is the is the, is the yes. big deal to me. Yes. yes, I would say Kyle Pitts at number five, and this Whoa. is why. Kyle Pitts was the first tight end since, like, 1960. To finish within the top 10 voting of the Heisman. And here's the other kicker about that. He didn't play the whole season. He did that, and I think it was, what, eight games? It wasn't even a whole season. So he missed about four games and did this. Jamar Chase, though, is very intriguing. Devontae Smith is intriguing, too. He just won the Heisman, right? I just but don't. I, I don't, I don't like his size, and I don't like the Bengals using his size, like, correctly. Here's the X factor for me. 
this tight end draft class, although I like the other guy that's in the Sam, there's really just Kyle Pitts, that other Rob Gronkowski kind of guy, and just a bunch of other guys. But you know what? I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. Woo! I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Y'all yeah. can take me in the comments. Hey, we're gonna, they're going to destroy you. Jamar Chase on the board. He goes Kyle Pitts. I'm going Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry, Jamar Chase. I got to go with Kyle Pitts. In reality, I would have traded back and got him. Jamar, Jamar Chase was definitely tempting for sure. Completely for sure. I'm going to tell you, for me, Jamar Chase, like, when you start to dive into this stuff and look at the, like, Jamar Chase's highlights, and I know he didn't play this past year. Right. But different people ask me a lot on Twitter, like, why don't you want Devonta Smith uh, because he just won a Heisman? Or, you know, why don't you want, you know, this guy, whatever. You could go back to Jamar Chase's thing. If Justin Jefferson just won the rookie of the year, Jamar Chase was the best wide receiver on that team undeniably led them in touchdowns, like, whatever. But right. the, the difference between Jamar Chase's and anybody else that I see in this draft, and Waddle has a little bit of this too. Jamar Chase is maybe not the fastest, maybe not the strongest, but when he runs a route, he gets all separation. When he goes to catch, everything is his. Everything is his. Every time, every time that Joe goes back shoulder, every time that Joe goes seen with him, whatever, he comes down with it. I, I, I want to see a PFF stat with this thing. It's probably 90% of the time. They're so hard. You cannot find a Jamar Chase drop. And when he catches, it's so violent. Like the way that he sticks his arms out and like goes and gets the ball. Like, you know how we were saying all year how um, AJ uh, wasn't jumping up for different ones? Or I was saying like, why is AJ jumping no more? Why is he going to go get it? You'll never, ever, ever but, say that. And that's the reason that's why I think Jamar will work for the, for the Bengals. Does that too. Pitts does that, too. He will. So, oh, for sure. I, I yeah. mean, bro, I got, I got a Pitts highlight thing I'm going to roll out tomorrow. That's the craziest part. I got a Pitts highlight thing just sitting in the cut. I showed a little Chase, bit of it. Chase definitely is insane and talented. I'm, I'm telling you. Jamar, Jamar Chase, the way that he catches the ball is, is really different compared to, like, when you just go watch highlights. If you people don't go um, – watch uh, like all 22s or like in-depth film, just watch the highlights on Jamar Chase's versus some of these Devonta Smith. I did. Well. I did. Right. So, so this is what I saw. I said that I watched Patrick Sertain. I did. If you're, if you're following my, uh, my, my YouTube channel, check out the, the cut on the tape. This is the one thing I noticed. Patrick Sertain. I mean, not Patrick. Yeah. Patrick Sertain. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Patrick Sertain Jr., Considered by some the number one corner in this class. And that's on your YouTube right now, right? It's on my YouTube right now. The one thing I noticed is people never really threw to his side. So even when he went against Jamar Chase, they didn't really throw the ball that much to Jamar Chase. He got off. Jamar Chase got off on that game. But you'll notice that it's on the other corner. And as I was going through watching that, that other corner was getting torched by anybody. I'm not saying that Jamar Chase isn't amazing. But that's one thing that stuck out to me. Like, I was expecting to see Chase get off on him. That did not happen. Right. I watched the Florida tape, and I, I think it was it was either this year or last year. They bring Pitts to the outside. So the whole time, most of the time, he's guarding a receiver. He has to also guard Pitts. Pitts, the first pass, gets thrown out of bounds, so he makes a good play on that. Pitts goes up between him, between Samuel and whoever that Alabama defender is, and the end zone mosses him in the end zone for a touchdown. 
I immediately was thinking in my mind, Pitts is a good option for us because he's going to go against the weak linebackers that we have in this division in the AFC North. He can also move out to receiver, but he can also play tight end. You see what Travis Kelsey is doing. He's going to be a nightmare matchup for anybody like Devin Bush, anybody like Mac Wilson. Like those guys aren't going to be able to stop him. In my opinion, the other thing is this Joe Burrow is going to have a tight end that he can go to immediately. And this guy could potentially be that guy, but he might not be that guy. I mean, it's the risk that you take when it comes to that. But I think the way that this league is trending, seeing a guy like Travis Kelsey in the season with a thousand yards, Darren Waller, a thousand yards, that tight end is something that can't be guarded versus if I get, if I get Jamar chase, right. And he's going up against Marlon Humphrey. Do you right. really think that he's just going to destroy Marlon Humphrey? I can't see it. I, 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 see it. I, 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 I Maybe, you know, I don't know who will win a one-on-one matchup, but the one thing that I think it does is keep defenses honest, right? Yeah. Because if you got Jamar Chase out there, you got Tyler Boyd in the slot, and I got T. Higgins on the outside or whatever, there's nothing you could do to double team or shade coverage to anybody. And Joe Burrow is so smart that none of everybody would eat every single game, even in a losing effort, even if we got our ass whooped, somebody, one of them three is going to go off just because of the separation and just the ability to keep defenses honest. And the long ball is going to be there. And, and the long ball is the number one reason why I think the run game hasn't really been successful since 2015. When I went back and look at Jeremy Hill's numbers and stuff, he was averaging only three point something, four yards a carry. Is very efficient in the red zone as far as scoring. Everybody remembers all the touchdowns. But a lot of his success was predicated on the long ball. When you get past Marvin Jones, Jeremy Hill was then exposed, right? right. And one thing that I saw late in the season – is that Auden Tate, they started using him as a tight end. They did. And he's not really that good at blocking, but as a red zone threat, and some of the things that you want to do with Kyle Pitts, I think you could do. Also, Pat Smurmuth or whatever the dude is that I keep on telling you about from Penn State, the baby Gronk dude is a target that I really, really, really want to look the Bengals to look at. And I like him as a better prospect as far as an overall body of work of blocking and catching. Kyle Pitts is elite at a level that the tight end position hasn't really seen in a long time. I've, seen that. Like, I mean, I I've never, I've literally, it, we literally have never seen a tight end like Kyle Pitts before. We have seen him I, 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 want, I want Kyle Pitts. We I just don't want him at five. Devonta Smith before. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, in reality, I, I, I would move back and probably take him. And, probably and, and, and I know that's what you probably would do is like, yeah. okay, let's, let's trade back. Let's take Kyle Pitts at like number 12. We come back and get into another second round pick and go get like another fifth or sixth. Like we could go look at the trade, the draft charts all day. Mm-hmm. I just think that satisfying the fan base and stuff, which the Bengals front office does look at, is going to be really. It's a tough sell at number five for Pitts. As much as I believe in Pitts, and I, you know, I believe in Pitts more than probably the average person. And I wouldn't be mad if they draft them at five. But I wouldn't lie to you. I'd be looking at Jamar Chase every damn week. Oh, I'm I'm definitely it was not, a, not an easy decision for me to make. The thing that gave me the X factor was because I took Josh Reynolds, and I feel like with this wide receiver class being so strong, I can still get another wide receiver later. It might not be Jamar Chase, 
but it may be who's the other the other care from LSU. That's what I would probably do. I would go and get the other receiver from LSU that came out this year too in the later rounds. I can't recall his name, but he's also good as well. Um, but this wide receiver class, that's just where I was thinking of it from because You're talking about Marshall. Yeah, Marshall, Jalen Marshall. I'll probably take him a little bit later, uh, maybe third or fourth round. But right now, I'm back in the second round. I'm taking Asante Samuel Jr. There's no way he should be there. So I got my corner. And Trey Waynes doesn't work out. I can move on from him. And Terrence Marshall, thank y'all. Terrence Marshall, like yeah. Terrence Marshall, I'm probably taking um, later on. I'm definitely not done at receiver at all. But I just know that this isn't the draft class for an elite tight end outside of Kyle Pitts. So that's really why I took him. I wouldn't pick him if I was at number five. I probably would take Chase over him if I had to. No, nah, this is your real thing. No, it's not. No, no that that was your okay. I can live with it. I think early on, people were educated people. Like I said, like I'm going to put a highlight uh, thing on Kyle Pitts tomorrow uh, all over the internet. And as you get closer to the draft, the fan base is going to be educated on Kyle Pitts. Right. So it's not a situation where he would get drafted and people will be like, who the hell is that? Like, why did they do that? I just think it's just a philosophy thing. People right. will just look at history and say, well, when has a tight end ever got drafted? Like, I think that's what the Bengals front office would be fighting. The closest was um, was probably Kellen Winslow. I think. Yeah. To, uh, what was that? Like six or something. And I mean, he was, and he and he was every bit of it. He was every bit worth it. See, but, here's the thing it, about it, it, it how people, out, but, you know, we've never seen one before. Like, when have we seen a tight end come out that was like finishing top ten for the Heisman? We've never right. seen that. So I think it's almost like John Ross, right? We've never seen someone run a 4-2. So, like, you got to take him at 10. Whereas in later years, you probably would have taken him at where the Ravens got Marquise Brown, but he ran a 4-2. So that's the only thing that would do it for me is the fact that he has potential to be special. But the, the downside to that, which I understand, is how many first-round tight ends have really worked out? That's the catch-22 of it, like the TJ Hawkinsons of the world. How many of them are coming into the league and becoming Travis Kelsey? I'm taking the gamble, but I like the gamble based on Joe Burrow and what I have with that offense. And I'm definitely adding more receivers as well and definitely some speed guys. But I, that's just where it landed. I, I believe in Pitts, bro. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, if that were me, I got to go Jamar. I just think Jamar and Higgins – for the next, you know, four years, not having yeah. no real money on the books. That like, keep, like, I just think that's super crazy. And, like, you know what we thought we were getting from the wide receiver position coming into this year? I think you absolutely, like, really get that this time. And I, I, it, it's no – there's no right or wrong. I, I think people would kill you for saying Pitts, but I no, wouldn't be – because I, I like Pitts. I like Pitts more than the average person. I can see the mentions already. They're going to flame me in the mentions, but I appreciate you guys for rocking with us. My bad that we went over so so long. Um, this is the Orange is the New Black podcast. We're going to keep doing these periodically. We're not going to do it show after show, but you know we'll probably have after – I don't even think they're having a combine, but when all of this stuff progresses, we'll probably do another one once we get 40 times and stuff like that. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Appreciate you guys for watching. Please hold do- on, hold on. Go ahead. Uh- we got it. We were the third one, the the mock free agent simulator 3.0. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna ask you this live. I threw this out there to you one time, whatever. 3.0, we're gonna invite someone on here, a fan 
that's a, a subscriber of Ace's <laughs> YouTube or my YouTube. Okay. We're gonna, we got to figure out a way to pick the person out. But you okay. better know what you're talking about, and you better come with it, and you better come ready to go. Um, but we're going to – we're. It's, it's a lot of people in the comments that say, no, we should have did Earth. We should have did – like, we're going to give one fan an opportunity to come on here, Orange is the New Black Podcast, and allow you to do your own free agent mock where we'll commentate, kind of help you out the same way I tried to help L Ace today. But we're going to pick one person that's going to do that. It's coming up. That's going to be the 3.0 that's coming up. All right, facts. Thank you guys for watching the Orange is the New Black podcast, and we're out. Who day? Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports.